Hey moms, Brie here. Question, have you ever found yourself at a loss for words when it comes to helping your athlete daughter? Specifically, before a game when she's feeling super nervous and you just want her to be confident or in that car ride home when she's being hard on herself and you just want her to also see the good things she did out there. Now, if you have, you're not alone. It's so hard to know what to say to get her out of her head and start believing in herself. That's why I'm excited to share about our four-day What to Say Challenge happening this month. This challenge is specifically designed for moms of girl athletes to help you know what to say to build her confidence without making things worse or causing her to shut down. Even if you're often met with things like, you have to say that, you're my mom. Over the four days, we'll be together for short trainings to give you strategies and scripts so you'll never be stuck wondering what to say again. The challenge is happening May 14th through 17th, and registration is open now for early bird pricing. So you get 60% off the challenge, and you can hop in for just $19. Head to sportsmom.fyi forward slash challenge to register. That's also linked in the show notes. We kick off on Monday, May 13th with our pre-party, and I hope to see you there. Think about those comments that your mother said to you. I remember those comments too. Let's be better than that. Let's learn from that. And let's not make those comments to our children because it does stick with them and it does make them think differently about food when it might even make them have some anxiety about food. Hey there, we're Christina and Brianne, and one of our greatest passions is enabling female athletes to uncover their greatness, allowing them to break free from their limitations and achieve their biggest dreams. As expert coaches and confidence and mindset educators, we created the Elite Competitor to enable moms and coaches to build lifelong confidence, resilience, and elite performance. Think of this as your weekly dose of inspiration, where you'll feel enabled with proven strategies, real life stories, and transformative lessons. Welcome to the Elite Competitor Podcast. Today's guest is leading dietitian Meg O'Rourke. She is the anti-diet, no-nonsense dietitian. She is here to change the way you think about food. And in this episode, we take a deep dive into dieting, resolutions, and how both of these things impact our daughter's relationship with food and her confidence. Now, It's the new year, and I don't know about you, but I personally tend to do a major overhaul of all of my habits during this time of the year. Now, while I do think it's beneficial to set goals for ourselves, there is a fine line when it comes to creating new healthy habits and this all-or-nothing restrictive mindset when it comes to food and dieting. So as always, we are the examples for our daughters, and the world of dieting and food is no exception. So Meg has some amazing insights in this area. She has some tangible tips on what we can do to have healthy goals, have healthy habits without flirting with things that can lead our daughters down the path of disordered eating or negative body image. So let's dive into this fascinating and important conversation with Meg. Hey, Meg. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. I'm so glad that we could coordinate this and get going on this today because it's going to be really, really good show, I think, for everyone. Yes, I agree. Well, on that note, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. All right. So my name is uh, Meg Marie O'Rourke. I'm a registered dietitian. I've been practicing for over 15 years in many areas of nutrition, including sports nutrition, but also GI disorders, weight loss resistance, and eating disorders. And I have a radio show um, in 
Providence Boston on iHeart that airs every Saturday at 11 o'clock. And we talk about all different topics from nutrition to mindset to, you know, anything really health. And if it's out of my realm of knowledge, then I have experts on to discuss that. So I have a brick and mortar in um, Rhode Island, East Providence, Rhode Island, and I practice medical nutrition therapy um, that's covered by health insurance. But for people that don't live in Rhode Island, I also do out-of-pocket programs and coaching sessions and all kinds of things like that. Wow. Very cool. Yes. When, when Christine and I met you, we were like, yeah, this is just your approach to, you know, relationship with food and harmony with food is, is something that I thought was really, really important. And something that I think our community can get a lot of value out of, because obviously our community is full of moms, of female athletes. So there's a lot there. Like there's the female athlete herself and the nutrition that she needs making sure that she is well-fueled, well-fed and, you know, fueling herself so that she can perform. But then we also have lots of moms and, mm. you know, our relationship with food as moms and, you know, it's the new year. We are, we're wanting to make positive change in our life. And we talk a lot in our programs, in our community about how we as moms influence our daughter's confidence, our daughter's body image, our daughter's relationship with food and her habits. And so I just love your approach to, to food, to, you know, dieting on that. We'll get into that in a little bit. So kind of on that, on that topic, we are in the new year and well, at the time of the recording, we're, we're, we're heading that direction. And I don't, I know if moms are like me, we're, we're starting to think about things that we want to change and things we want to do. And we can easily go into that, like diet, you know, the idea that we should be maybe be on a diet. So for those of us that are considering that, we're considering making changes in our lives as moms, what would you, what would you recommend in that, in that area for making those changes? So first of all, I'd like to say it's super, super tempting when you're thinking about your your body or making a change with your body to go with the easy choice, which is, you know, whatever, insert crappy diet here. You know, it could be keto or it could be Jenny Craig or it could be whatever commercial you see on TV. And so the first thing I want to tell you guys is that the dieting industry after COVID, I think it's going to be a hundred billion dollar industry a year. It was 80 before this. So I'm thinking it's going to be about a hundred billion dollar a year industry. And the dirty little secret that the diet companies don't want you to know, and by the way, you know, who would want Oprah to be their dietitian? I mean, she's been the poster child of going up and down her entire life. And then all of a sudden, she's an expert or something, you know, she joins Weight Watchers and makes $42 million on the first day. That's what a racket it is. So the dirty little secret that the big weight loss companies don't want you to know is that there is a direct relationship between how much muscle you have and how fast your metabolism is. So when you go on a diet, insert crappy diet plan here, and you lose weight, you not only lose fat, but you also lose muscle. So when you're done with that diet, your metabolism is so slow now. Yeah, you lost the weight, but you also lost the muscle. And this is so super unhealthy, especially for sports nutrition arenas like what you guys do, right? So this is really, really important. So instead of dieting and thinking like diet this, I'll do this diet or I'll do that diet, think of that everyone deserves to have a harmonious, healthy relationship with food. Diet for definition, it's just what foods we consume. But in America, we think of it as low calorie or low whatever. So low fat or low sugar or whatever. And it's really just the foods that we are consuming. So the 
like I said, the dirty little secret the big weight loss companies don't want you to know is that the more muscle you have, the faster your metabolism is. And the only way you're going to get more muscle is by eating the three macronutrients, carbohydrates, protein, and fat in the right proportions at the right times and throughout the day. So the other thing I wanted to mention is for a lot of these girls and and women, it doesn't matter who, and men, if you're all of a sudden not going to the gym and then decide, okay, I'm going to work up to this certain routine. And let's say you're at 45 minutes, five days a week. Very, very, I guess that would be a healthy goal, right? Well, now I'm hungrier. So I'm like, I need another 400 calories a day because I'm burning, you know, I'm lifting weights. And by the way, we can talk about that too, aerobic versus anaerobic exercise, right? So if I want my metabolism faster, I need to be eating the right foods and I need to be doing the correct amount of aerobic and anaerobic exercise. So that I can eat the proper foods. Now, if I'm so hungry now that I am going, I'm now eating 600 extra calories instead of the 400 that I actually really need, that's going to add up and maybe not in the direction that you were hoping. So we need to think of it like, I hate to use this term for you guys, but it's like being on a balance beam. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I added exercise in, now I'm this much more hungry. But how about if you eat this much? And now you're not seeing any results and now you're getting frustrated. So if you can take away one thing from this show today, I would be just remember that the dieting industry is just punching you guys in the pocketbooks. They don't care. They don't care about us. There's a fine line in the sand between people like you and I and uh, Christina, right? And the things we do, we really want to help people and see results. We're not looking for, you know, millions and millions of dollars by just putting our names or our faces on something that would get us that kind of money. So we're trying to make it nice and balanced for these for these young athletes and for anybody. It's a balancing act. And if you don't do it properly, you will not see the results that you are hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a great reminder because I know I've totally fallen into that. Like, okay, new year, I'm coming off of the the holidays. I'm going to do a whole 30 or I'm going to like, let's just mm-hmm. do this keto thing. And, or I'm going to do like a, a cleanse or a fast. And so all of those things, I, I just think it's like, <laughs> we're like kind of motivated to do them in the beginning and, and we want to. And so you're telling us like, all right, hold up. You know, we, we don't necessarily need to do that drastic thing. We just got to get back to the basics and really focus on, on our relationship with food. And when you talk about mm-hmm. that harmony and that relationship with food, what exactly do you mean there? So I think we all deserve to have a healthy relationship with food and we should have a healthy relationship in that we're not ruminating about food all day long. I'm going to pick on a big um, weight loss company. And when you're putting numbers and points and going to meetings and clapping because people actually lost a pound that day, well, maybe they, you know, not to get TMI, but maybe they took a poop in the morning, you know, like you're literally nuts. Okay. You guys are going crazy counting points. And it's not even just me saying this psychologists say, when you're thinking about food, dieting, what you're going to eat, what you're not going to eat, cooking and shopping. And that equates to over 80% of the day that's heading or really heading towards eating disorder territory. Okay. So when we have these weight loss companies asking us to do this kind of stuff, it's like, when do we have to start putting numbers onto food? 
Like, Mm -hmm. why did this happen? They weren't doing that in the 1800s. They weren't doing that in the 1900s. Like, what has happened that people are saying to me, literally coming into my office with tears in their eyes saying, I just don't know what to eat anymore because I hear one thing on a blog. I hear another thing on a radio show. I see a commercial on TV. My friend's doing this. I read this magazine and it says this. And some people literally have tons of different supplements and stuff that they don't even know which ones are working or which ones they should be using or consuming. So we need to be have a more um, intentional approach about 2022 and how how would that feel to you to have a more harmonious relationship with food versus, oh, I don't know if I should eat that. Or women actually get nervous when they're asked to go out because they start thinking, oh, what, what kind of food is going to be there? I was trying to eat well, well, maybe I shouldn't go or, you know, and so there's, and, and I'm sure this happens with the young athletes too. I know it definitely happens with my clients with eating disorders. So we need to make people realize that you can have a healthy relationship with food. It doesn't have to be this crazy, like 80% of the day thinking about food. You shouldn't be 80% of the day thinking about anything, whether it's, you know, work or gambling or whatever it is especially food, right? That that only leads you to an unhealthy relationship with food. We shouldn't feel nervous around food. We shouldn't feel nervous when we're asked to go out to eat. We shouldn't think of Thanksgiving, like one of my clients said to me this year, well, it is what it is. And I said to her, well, if you go in with that attitude, you are going to overeat that day. So why don't you try something different this year and go in and just watch everybody else, you know, eat, you know, eat, but eat, put a lot of healthy things on your plate, kind of do like a, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that and like tapas almost so that you're not deprived, you're not hungry. And then watch when you don't eat a piece of cake, how many people will come up to you and say, oh, you're so good. How come you're not eating the cake? How come you're not eating the pie? How come you're not having a drink? You do what you want to do and don't let other people project onto you. It, It actually makes them feel better if you're eating a piece of cake too, which is actually insane if you think about it. So do you. Don't worry about what other people are doing. And um, we can figure out how to have a healthy relationship with food by practice. Everything takes practice, as you guys well know, mm-hmm. right? You're not just going to start out with any sport or even meditation for that matter, right? And it's called the practice of meditation. So we need to practice and keep learning as we go what we need, what we don't need. And, you know, with the help of a registered dietitian, you will get to where you need to be because we are the experts in nutrition, despite all the coaches and other people that are out there. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, you brought up a good point about this, like obsession with food and like counting and it, it kind of triggered me a little bit because I do struggle sometimes with changing of the seasons and new years to be like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, I'm not going to eat uh, sugar for this, this whole month, or I'm going to do this. And then it's this and that, or I, I actually saw something recently. We know our kids pick up on everything that we do and they notice when we are depriving ourselves or we're not eating something, or we're eating something for dinner. That's different than what they're eating. But I know you've worked with teens who, um, have suffered from eating disorders. Can you speak to how our relationship with food as moms and, you know, the diets and and things like that, how that impacts our daughter's relationship with food. 
Well, I would think that the first thing that, you know, I don't think anybody should be commenting on anybody's body, whether it's, you know, the person is too thin or they're too heavy or what have you, because I will tell you that I had a period in my life where unintentionally I lost a lot of weight because of a GI disorder. So I lost a lot of weight. And I remember this guy that I know at the radio station said, oh my God, what happened to you? You look like you should go eat some pasta. And I remember I, I was like thinking to myself, you don't even know my situation. Like you don't know that I'm sick. You don't know if I have cancer. You don't know that I just came out of the hospital. So keep your comments to yourself. So I think, you know, if we can only be positive with our girls about their bodies and their body image, and then honestly, I don't think any woman, a mother should be restricting. If you're restricting, then maybe you need to go get some help because that's not the answer. The answer was what I said earlier is getting more muscle mass, doing weight bearing exercises, doing yoga, um, not doing a ton of aerobic and ending up a gerbil on the wheel. As your child is growing into being a woman, I don't think we should be making too many comments about their size. Many girls with eating disorders have told me the negative comments their fathers have said to them or their mothers that trigger or the doctors. The doctor's office often tell these, you know, girls, and they could be pure muscle. I hate the BMI. I hate the BMI. Oh, they could yeah. be pure muscle. And I'm not pure, but you know what I mean? Very high in muscle and be told that they're heading to be overweight. That's insanity. I mean, I don't know why they're using the BMI. It could be Arnold Schwarzenegger in his day would be morbidly obese, right? right. And then how about if like someone very curvy, like we'll use Kim Kardashian, lover or hater, right? Very curvy. I guarantee that she's considered overweight when she goes in for her doctor's appointments on the BMI. So we need to think about, you know, you know, like, why are we even using that chart? So I hate that chart. I hate the BMI. I get the feeling you guys don't like it either. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. It's not accurate. It's archaic. And I don't think that we should be introducing that um, as a standard of health for anybody, young or old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and on that, just putting, putting numbers on anything, it sounds like, you know, even the scale. Yeah. Um, I taught health for a long time in high school and I always talked about like, you know, BMI was what they had in the textbook. Your the weight on the scale. Here's your healthy range that you should be in. And I always talked about how this is just um, one measure of health and it's not the thing that we should be focusing on. And so what instead should um, we as moms and also our daughters be focusing on when it, when it concerns food, body, you know, all of these things, like what, what, what should we be focusing on instead? Since we know that children emulate their parents, right? Mother and father do play a role at the dinner table you know, what lunches you're packing for your children, what you're giving them for breakfast. Are you letting them skip breakfast and arrive at lunch starving? So now they may overeat at lunch. Are you doing that yourself on a Saturday? Are you running errands? Are you eating breakfast at nine? And then all of a sudden it's two o'clock and you realize you, nobody ate lunch yet. So being more mindful about how fast we're eating, how much we're eating, how full, guess what? God has given us, you know, a mechanism for fullness, right? Mm -hmm. And they could tell us when we're too full. So when you stand up sometimes at a restaurant, you go, oh my gosh, I eat too much. 
So we want to be satisfied. We want to use food to give us energy. If we are overeating just by 200, 300 calories, never mind 800 calories, right? We're going to be so full on that fullness scale. So zero is not full at all. 10, so full you feel sick. Five is satisfied. If you're a six or a seven, guess what? That food's probably not going to give you energy. It's actually going to do the opposite. It's going to make you a little tired. Never mind if you're eight, nine, or 10. We all know what that's going to do, right? If you get way too full. So the other thing we need to think about is for hunger, right? On a scale of zero to 10, zero is not hungry at all. 10 is ravenous. Five is just starting to get hungry. How many times do you go and you have your breakfast, you miss your lunch, or you have breakfast, lunch, no snack in the middle of the afternoon. Now it's seven or eight o'clock at night for dinner. On that hunger scale, you're like an eight or nine or 10. And chances are you're going to either make the easy choice or the unhealthy choice and you're going to order. So how many times are you planning and preparing for the dinner for that week, for that for Monday through Friday, right? So we want to start planning ahead, preparing and showing your daughter that like an afternoon snack is imminent because like if you have lunch and then you don't have dinner till six, seven, eight o'clock at night, which is very common these days with both parents working and stuff, you're going to be starving and then they're going to overeat. And so are you. So I want you to keep your blood sugar like hills and valleys. You know, we want to keep the blood sugars going like this all day, not like crazy up and down. And so when we are able to access, you know, our ability to say, I don't need any more right now, maybe I'm going to have a snack later. Women sometimes do things like only one meal a day, or I'm told I'm against the fasting because of having so much experience with girls with eating disorders. I do think it will play a role for certain diseases, maybe through cancer treatments and things like that. But I'm not for fasting just because I've seen way too many girls with eating disorders. And I think it's kind of just not where I want to take my clients for 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 me in my business. But there's lots of different opinions out there. But I don't think fasting as a mother would be a good idea. And if your daughter says to you that she's doing a fasting diet, you better wake up because that could be an excuse for an eating disorder that's arising. Oh yeah, absolutely. And not to mention fasting and its implications on like hormone mm-hmm. uh, balancing, not to totally go down this rabbit trail, but you know, fasting, typically those studies are done on middle-aged men who do not have yep. the same hormonal cycles that females do, and especially mm-hmm. young female athletes. I mean, yeah, and fasting should be out of the question for not. For and, and how about people that have hypoglycemia where your blood sugars go up and down a lot or people that have diabetes or, you know, people that are on sports. Yeah. We, we talk a lot. And in our, our challenge that we do uh, for moms to help cultivate confidence in their daughters, we really dive into how our role as moms impacts our daughters and what we think, what we say, what we do. Part of our challenge is what we say out loud as moms, not necessarily to our daughters, but even about ourselves. And actually, I don't know if my mom's going to listen to this, but she would agree that growing up, I heard comments like, Oh, I can't eat that because I, I didn't work out today or it's okay if I eat this, I'm going to go to the gym later or, Oh, I, I eat like all this chocolate and, you know, or I'm just pigging out right now. And it's like those little comments that really stuck with me are like, Oh, I got to eat. I'm going to eat two from one for each hip. And I don't know, just these comments that like oh, yeah. really stuck with me. And I didn't really think about them at the time, but now that I have a daughter, I'm like, huh, you know, these are, these are really impactful. So what kind of guidance would you have in that area around like what we say around food as moms and how that impacts our daughters? 
Yeah, I think you have to be really careful about what you're saying, because again, they are going to emulate you. And I think if you're, you know, I mean, we really shouldn't be basing what we eat on whether we went to the gym or not, because how is that going to really help in long term? Okay, it's all about how fast our metabolism is, right? And can we allow these extra snacks in because we do exercise and things like that, right? So it's like, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, I don't want you, I don't want mom saying to their daughters, oh, you know, I, I'm going to eat this piece of cake. I just went to the gym. I deserve it. Like food isn't, food isn't a prize. Food isn't, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be received as a reward. Food is food. Okay. And food isn't super, food isn't miraculous. Like you see on some of the, you know, magazine covers, it's a combination of getting the right macronutrients and micronutrients into our system. So on that question, I would just say, be really careful. Think about those comments that your mother said to you. I remember those comments too. Let's be better than that. Let's learn from that. And let's not make those comments to our children because it does stick with them and it does make them think differently about food when it might even make them have some anxiety about food. So I just think that we need to be really careful about who are we letting our kids around too, right? I know some older coaches that used to tell girls like on the track team to lose another 10 pounds when they mm-hmm. absolutely didn't need to, or maybe they were on the gymnastics team and they would tell the, the male coaches would tell them, well, just lose a little weight or on swimming or whatever. And that was so unhealthy. So we need to be the example and we need to like bite our tongues when we feel something like that coming out, because it's just not, it's not going to help anyone. And really, I think sometimes people are looking for an excuse to eat this or that and excuses are just a cover up for fear. Right. Yeah. I, I can see that now, now that I look back, it's like, you know, she is just kind of like justifying why, why, why you're eating what you're eating. Mm-hmm. And that, that message comes to us. Like I need to earn my, my food, like you, were just mm-hmm. talking about. and that can just get, be a really, really tricky situation there. And, you know, I think that theme just keeps coming back to like, well, what do we, what do we desire for our daughters and for our kids? Like we desire for them to have a healthy relationship with food, to use food, to fuel what they want to do in their lives and in their sport. And we, we want that for them. But then if we're doing something completely different, you know, they see what we do and they hear how we talk about ourselves and they're, and that's what they're going to follow. And that's yeah, of course, of course. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's um, like, do as I say, not as I do, but that doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't work at all. So yeah, you're, you're hitting on some, some awesome things, you know, some things that we really need to consider as we're heading into this new year about how we, yeah. how we want to and, model. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like when I see my clients, like I had a client this week who's he's now down five pounds, but he's like, he did go out to a game and he had two beers and he had some pretzels and he had some things that he would say. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you have to live your life. And it's okay, as long as that's not the norm, you know, and look, you still lost, you know, two pounds this week, a total of five since I started working with you, you were doing really good. He had done some crazy, and I I see this all the time. He does some crazy um, diets before. And so we just want to realize that, you know, you can have treats, you know, it's not going to work if you deprive yourself or you, it's a punishment of some sort. Food should be enjoyed. Yeah. I want to ask, because this is the question that I get frequently when we, when we start to talk about nutrition with athletes, I get this a phrase, my daughter struggles with her sweet tooth, or she does yeah. snack a lot or, you know, so it's moms that are really, they're, 
I, I see that they're coming from a place of like good intentions. They're concerned about their daughter. They want their daughter to have a healthy relationship with food and perform well, but they're seeing maybe like she's, she's eating a lot of sweets. She's snacking a lot and without, you know, damaging that relationship or, or nagging or, or making, making it worse. What advice or guidance would you have for moms in that situation? Well, you can't be the food police. That's not going to work. That's going to backfire. You need to provide them with, you know, some, some, you know, sweets or whatever, but lots of fruits and other things like, you know, I'm just going to give a couple of things like, you know, an apple with peanut butter is a great snack, grapes and cheese, you know, depending on the person, again, it's very broad, but, you know, nuts and fruit, something like that. And if your daughter chooses the kind bar, that's fine too. Like you can have things like that in there. They're, they're all natural. They don't use any fake sugars or anything like that. But, you know, you can't be the food police that you're not going to be able to make every decision for them. And on top of it, a question for you is how many calories, let's say a girl is in school and she's on gymnastics, how many calories for these elite performers, you know, are how many calories do you think they're burning a day on average exercising? Oh gosh. Like the gym, we have um, general. Yeah. Like 2000 calories. Okay. So they're pretty hungry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they're pretty hungry. We also have genetics involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know I have a client right now and her, she's very thin and tall and her daughter takes after her husband who's shorter and a little bit heavy more stout, you know? So it's a little bit of a battle for them, but we have to remember too, that not everyone's going to be like this, whatever you imagine your daughter should look like, like, you know, get those images out of your mind and just accept your daughter as who she is. I remember when I got to my full height at 12 and I, everybody used to call me the tall girl and I used to feel so self-conscious. So, so just, you know, be careful what we say, you know, what we do, they are going to watch us and just realize that they probably are pretty hungry, much more hungrier than the average woman like you or I, who are working and not doing all this. Once you have a job and kids and things like that, you can't be burning 2000 calories a day for most people. But when you're in high school and or junior high or college, and that's part of your goal of what you want to do and what you want to be, or maybe you want a scholarship and whatever your goals are, you're going to be needing to eat. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm definitely not doing gymnastics for four hours a day. That's what I think when, when parents talk or they ask about snacking and things like that, I'm like, well, they're probably, she's probably not eating enough if she feels like she has to snack all the time. And so on that, and I know you also know a lot about sports nutrition, like what are, what are the key drivers when we're, when we're considering fueling our female athletes, what are key drivers and maybe even like mistakes that you see? And I know under fueling is one of them. Yeah, you know? definitely. Under fueling could be one of them. They probably not getting enough carbohydrates, right? So there's three mm-hmm. types of carbohydrates. There's the simple carbohydrates, which are the fruits and vegetables, which are good for you, no matter what you read anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's getting overweight from eating fruit. You know, I always say, people say, doesn't fruit have too much sugar in it? And I'm like, that's like saying, is water too wet? Fruit is monosaccharides, it's sugar, but it also has antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals that we need. And then there's the refined carbohydrates, like the cakes and cookies. And then there's the bread, the pasta, the rice, the cereal. And then there's the protein. And there's this, then there's the fat, right? So we might not be getting enough carb 
the complex carbohydrates, we might not be getting enough simple carb. The refined carbs are just more like, you know, when you feel like having a snack here or there that, you know, you don't necessarily need, but you want, so you're not depriving yourself. And then the protein, you know, so for proteins, the formula that you would use with an the athletes that you guys um, work with would be, you'd put their weight into kilograms, divide it by 2.2, and then multiply that times 1.5. And so that, because too much protein in the diet can also cause problems to the kidneys. That's why all those protein powders and stuff scare me sometimes, because it's like, you can get too much protein and you can kill your kidneys. So be careful where you're getting your information from. There's been many cases, they never really make it to the news, but there has been many cases where people died from taking too much protein in. So you have to, you can't just do this willy nilly. You know, I'm glad that everyone in your group is, you know, getting help from the registered dietitian in the group or registered dietitians. And, you know, you, you really need to, you know, not take it lightly. If you really want to get to that performance level, look at Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now he does some things that are a little different, a little bit. And he always says, well, this works for me, but why is everyone so shocked that he's 43 and still playing? He didn't do steroids. He didn't weigh, you know, 400 pounds so that he could and get all muscly and tight so that he could be in a wheelchair by the time he was 40 or not be able to walk or gain a ton of weight. He ate well, he takes good care of himself. He sleeps well. He does some, you know, things that are above and beyond what some people are willing to do for proactive nutrition, like food sensitivity testing and some of those things I know he does. And that's fine. You know, I'm all for it, but it's not for everyone. And it, it just is another way of like trying to, you know, go a step above to get to where you need to be. But be careful because, you know, too much can cause more damage than good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I've heard it described another way. I would be curious to see what you think about this, but kind of like a pyramid where, you know, the, the supplementation and the food sensitivity and the like things like that are like the very top of the pyramid. Like they, they can move the needle a little bit, but really the bottom and the base of that pyramid is getting those good solid macronutrients, being hydrated, sleep, like the relationship with food, all of those are really going to self care Mm-hmm. And how you're yeah. dealing with like anxiety and things like that too. And is that anxiety getting covered up by over-exercising? Cause that can be something that people do when they are, are feeling a lot of anxiety because the exercise makes them feel good. So it's better than doing drugs or alcohol or something, of course, but it also can be addictive. So right. we need to watch too, you know, how much are, are we turning into orthorexia, which is exercising too much and eating too perfect. And that's another eating disorder. Right. Yeah. Which can be, can be hard, especially for the high achieving athletes in our group. Like that can be a tendency because they're high achieving struggle with perfectionism a lot of times. And that can so easily transfer into controlling what they put in their mouths and, you know, trying to make it perfect in that sense too. So Lots of things to be aware of, but, you know, I just, I appreciate your insight into this and this reminder of like, you know, before we start on all these, you know, crash diets and (laughs) trying to uh, be perfect with what we put into our mouths as as moms, we need to be aware of, of how this looks to our daughters and what the ultimate long end game is for our daughters, because we play a significant role in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Meg, um, 
I always ask this question to our, our, our guests, because I think it just gives an insight kind of into your <laughs> world. So personally or professionally, what, what are you looking forward to in the next three to six months? What's lighting you up as you look forward? I'm looking to, um, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you guys in inner circle and in our mastermind group. I, I'm looking forward to that. I really am. And I'm looking forward to getting more people, getting the word out that diets don't work keep, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm swimming against the tide, but I just want to keep reminding people and keep helping people. And if I could do it at a, at a bigger level, I'm looking forward to growing my membership and, you know, helping people have a healthier relationship with food is why I was put on this earth. So I say I was put on this earth to change the way you think about food. Oh, I love that. And I can tell you are just so knowledgeable and so passionate about what you do. So I have no doubt that, you. you know, with that vision, you you're on your way there. So thank you so much. Yeah. And where can our listeners find you, Meg? Where can our moms find you and potentially work with you on developing this harmonious relationship with food? Yeah. So um, my website is harmonywithfood.com. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all Harmony with Food. On my website, there is a section called the Bio Unique Boutique where they can actually look at, you know, like if they wanted to do micronutrient testing or food sensitivity testing. I have a blog, all my radio shows, almost everything is on my site. I'm working on getting the membership on the site now. And so it just keeps adapting and moving on. And I'm really looking forward to 2022 to see what it brings all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Meg, for coming on. This has been so enlightening. And I I really hope that our community is taking, taking what you said to heart and we will be in touch soon. Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode, moms. Quick reminder that registration is open for our What to Say Challenge happening May 14th through 17th. Head over to register so you can join us to learn proven strategies and game-changing scripts you'll keep in your back pocket for those pre- and post-game pep talks. The challenge is just $19 during our earlier pricing happening right now. So head to sportsmom.fyi forward slash challenge. That's also linked in the show notes, and I will see you there.